Is man basically good? What is total depravity? On today's episode, we are going to examine John Piper's chapter, Total Depravity, in his book, Five Points. My name's Hayden Clark, and this is Help Me Believe. So if you're a follower of my blog or this podcast, you probably know by now that I have somewhat of an infatuation, I suppose you could say, with soteriology. That is the study of the nature of salvation. How does salvation work? What's the ins and out? That's more or less what soteriology is or does. It studies the nature of salvation. So I would say, apart from apologetics, um, soteriology would probably be... Uh, one of those fields of study which I really dive into. Obviously, I care about a great uh, deal of more deal of things than just apologetics and soteriology. Uh, there's plenty of other important subjects and topics, but a person does seem to tend towards uh, you know one or a couple fields of studies more so than others, and these are probably mine. And so, if it feels redundant, if it feels like I only talk about these things, well, that's uh, kind of the point of the podcast. I want to talk about these things. <clears throat> So thanks for joining. Uh, today I'm going to be uh, looking at uh, a, a book by John Piper called Five Points. That is the five points of Calvinism, um, at least the tulip of Calvinism, total depravity, the unconditional election, uh, limited atonement, um, irresistible grace, and the perseverance of the saints. I remembered them all. That's quite impressive for me. So good job, me. So that's what this book is about. Um, it's a book that I've read before, and uh, it's one that I'm reading through again. And now again, if you're a follower of the podcast or the blog, you know that I myself am not a Calvinist. Um, but I do find it beneficial to read and study the works of other Calvinists, including uh, the old books and, and, and all the books from church history that Calvinists have written as well as the more modern books uh, like John Piper's. Uh, amongst uh, modern theologians or contemporary theologians, John Piper is probably the most well-known or popular um, Calvinist. Obviously, there's others. I'm just saying, you know, he's got like a million followers on Twitter. I don't know why I judge people's popularity based on how many Twitter followers they have, but I seem to do that. He's obviously very influential and popular, especially amongst uh, the, the younger generation, including myself. And I want to say that from the beginning. I... I respect and have the utmost I have the utmost respect for uh, John Piper and uh, I have benefited greatly from his works and his teachings and so this is not me bashing on John Piper or on John Calvin or anybody else whenever I talk about my disagreements with Calvinism it is purely on the content it's purely on the truth value of the propositions put forward by Calvinists I don't think it aligns with the biblical text um, as, as well as I think there's some logical and philosophical problems as well and that's it all right I'm not bashing on anybody I'm not the person hopefully you know this by now who spits down on the heads of those whom whose shoulders I stand upon or, or come after those I don't spit down on those who came before me I'm not into that sort of thing I know there's a lot of you know young, vibrant, I mean, even theologians and pastors who do that sort of thing, um, but that's not me, I don't do that, and so I want to put that out there before we get into it, but uh, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so the first letter in the acronym TULIP is the T, which stands for total depravity, and so here Piper starts off with the original order there. He does mix up the order as he goes throughout the book, but he does so for uh, a specific reason, but he does start with the T, which is total depravity, which he defines uh, himself as man's natural condition apart from any grace 
exerted by God to restrain or transform man. Now he goes on to explain that what he means is not that humanity or human beings are incapable of doing good works, even works that would align with the, the law or the scriptures. But what he means is that apart from a grace exerted by God, that man would never do these things uh, from a heart that, that is seeking God's glory in those works. In other words, you know, if I do a good work, um, apart from God's grace, um, or uh, apart from regeneration, then I'm, I'm not doing it because I, I want to glorify God. In other words, I'm not doing it through faith, and anything apart, done apart from faith is sin, which he quotes uh, Romans 14.23 in giving that definition of sin. Now, what interests me is that, at least in this section, in this chapter, and, and in this definition of total depravity, Piper does not mention total inability, meaning specifically that we don't have the ability to have faith. Now, he'll do that later, but in this chapter and in this definition, man's total inability, which is what makes the Calvinist systematic distinct from non-Calvinist, um, I myself agree with this defini definition of total depravity, in other words, uh, because it doesn't mention man's natural condition is unable to have faith. He does say we're unable to, um, you know, achieve righteousness with God, but he doesn't say that we are unable to have faith in this section. He will later. And so, but I, I just want to talk about what he's talking about in this chapter, what he says in this chapter and in this section. So again, I basically agree with him in this section and in this chapter that, um, all of our good works are useless in the sense that they will not bring us to a right standing with God. Now, that's a good definition, but it seems pretty unsatisfactory or unsatisfying for the, the traditional Calvinist position on total depravity because it doesn't mention that which makes Calvinism distinct from the non-Calvinist, that man is wholly unable even to believe in God because of their totally depraved state. So there really isn't any contention here with Piper's definition of total depravity. So why am I doing this episode? Why am I doing this podcast? Because he will mention this later, and he kind of hints at it in the chapter, but um, and he does it uh, at this point where he says, where he talks about man in the flesh, and by men in the flesh, in their natural condition, as he said earlier, he means man apart from the grace of God. And then he quotes Paul as saying, The mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And he ends the section by saying, We, we, were, or we, are to we were totally unable to reform ourselves. Again, I completely agree with that, and yet I'm a non-Calvinist. Because I suspect that whenever I read those words, or if I were to say those words, that man in the flesh, that is man apart from the grace of God, is unable to submit to God's law, um, we would probably mean two different things, and he will make it clear later on in the book that he does mean something different than what I would mean by those words. But I could say those words, because I agree with the language. But what I disagree with is um, this being apart from the grace of God. You see, I don't think that men are right now apart from the grace of God, meaning God has provided atonement. Now, he's going to disagree with that in the limited atonement section, or 
perhaps like it gets a bit tricky but once we get there we can talk about that see i believe that jesus died on the cross for everyone in the sense that atonement has been made for everyone's sins that's what i mean by that he won't i don't think he agrees with that but since god has done that and that itself is a work of grace. That is God's grace. He didn't do that because of anything we did to earn it. He did it out of his grace, his love. Then man is not alone. We, we aren't apart from the grace of God. Atonement has been made for our sins. We are not left to our own devices apart from the grace of God. So I don't view men because Jesus atoned for their sins as just merely in the flesh or uh, apart from the grace of God, more specifically the part about being apart from the grace of God. We are not apart from the grace of God. And we're also not apart from the grace of God in that God has sent us the gospel. Paul says that in, in Romans 1.16 that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. Now, as far as I can tell, the, the Calvinists would say, despite these two things, atonement being made for our sins, because they, they may disagree with the fact that... Um, Jesus did make atonement for the everyone's sins, and the fact that the gospel that we have the gospel and the gospel is being preached, which is itself a work of grace, a work of God. Indeed, in Romans one seventeen, Paul says that it is a special revelation from God. It the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. It is a special revelation itself from God. You could say it's a work of the Holy Spirit. It was wrought about by God, and so. Because of those two things, I don't think we are apart from the grace of God. But I suppose, and I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not misunderstanding, so if you're a Calvinist and you think I'm misunderstanding, by all means correct me. But it seems that despite these two things, <clears throat> the Calvinist still believes that apart from an additional work of the Holy Spirit, uh, inwardly, uh, this effectual call, that men would still be apart from the grace of God. But if... I view that, and I, again, I hate to paint the Calvinists in, in a poor uh, light or you know, make a broad stroke across them and say what I'm about to say, but if, if you think men are still apart from the grace of God, despite their atonement, be, their sins being atoned for, and the gospel going out, <clears throat> it would seem to diminish those two things if you think something else is necessary. I, see, that's the difference. Is I think we, that the atonement for sins and the message of the gospel is sufficient for men to believe and have faith and to uh, obtain righteousness with God or obtain righteousness from God through faith because he's made atonement for their sins and he's presented the gospel to them. They have what they need. Now, the Calvinist wants to say that the, this person would also need, not all Calvinists, but uh, many Calvinists would say, and I believe John Piper would say, that there also needs to be an additional work of grace, an additional work of God, uh, inwardly through this what's called an effectual calling. So <clears throat> he doesn't get into that in this chapter. So as far as this chapter is concerned, I completely agree with Piper. Uh, he's only going to get to the distinctions and the differences between us in later chapters. But for now, I actually agree with Piper on everything that he has said. Um, again, the difference would be that we'll see later and that we hear from other Calvinists is that I believe that God has made atonement for the world's sins. Everyone's sins have been atoned for. And the gospel message itself is the power of salvation. And these two things, 
or all that's necessary for a person to place their faith in Jesus. And so that's probably the distinction. Again, it's not mentioned here in this chapter in Cal, uh, sorry, Calvin, John Piper, not John Calvin. Uh, it gets a bit confusing. But again, I didn't want to have a podcast where I just basically said, yeah, I agree with everything Piper says. But uh, So I did want to cover this chapter as well and say that man is totally unable to... Um, gain righteousness or become right with God um, in and of themselves apart from God's grace. That's absolutely true. Um, the difference between me and the Calvinists, I suppose, is I don't view men as apart from God's grace because he's made atonement for their sins and he has given us the message of, gos- of the gospel. And therefore, um, anyone who believes in the gospel can be saved. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, be sure to hit the like button, follow, subscribe, leave us a review on the podcast. Uh, if you want to get uh, access to our bonus segment, you can become a supporter over at our Patreon page by following the link in the description below. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.